cliffcentral.com. This morning, the burning platform is brought to you by Nando's. As always, we check in once a week with all the most important stories that are going on all over South Africa and the world. We hopefully manage to do some incisive um, deep dives into some of the bigger, more ongoing economic and social political issues. But occasionally we also get wrapped up in, well, we can't help it. We're human, right? We sometimes get wrapped in, up in, uh, in political nonsense like the Tea Party that Julius and Jacob had last week. We get talking about Joe Biden and how he's now signed 53 executive orders. Uh, he's been in office probably about, what, uh, 14, 15 days? And he signed 53 executive orders, Pumi. That's not messing around. The guy is seriously, uh, he's done more executive orders, I think, in the first couple of days of his presidency than most presidents do in their entire presidency. There's a picture of him I saw on the internet yesterday with each file represents an executive order and they're all on his desk. The pile is like almost as high as a human being um, right next to him. It's pretty incredible. Pums, I can't hear you. You need to make sure you're unmuted. Sorry. Zoom call I'm stuff. saying Matamela <laughs> had five funds. <laughs> so, funds. What, what are you talking about with him? What, what do you mean with Cyril? You're saying Joe Biden and his executive mm-hmm. orders? Cyril has done some work. He's started all sorts of funds. What You mean funds Gathering for... Gathering lots of money. Oh, for himself, yeah, like for his the camp- small business fund. Oh, right, I'm fund, with you. Sorry. The most recent one is the tourism fund. And what is happening with that money that that is raised in these funds? Where does it go? It would. Who would? Who knows? Oh, right. Okay. Who knows? Yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. You, a small business owner, yeah. have you received any relief out of the small business fund that was? Oh, okay. You, you've also like got a small see, business. But, <laughs> All right, the, the Burning Platform, we'll get into this and a whole lot more. Burning Platform brought to you by Nando's this week, as every week. And our guest this morning is Solly Mueng. And Solly is, of course, the founder of Don Valley Reputation Managers. He's a freelance writer. Pumi was just talking about a column of his that she read the other day. He's also the co-host of Solly and Gauta Uncut, which is on YouTube. It's a show where they discuss the country's socio-political and economic ecosystem on whose balance we all Depend absolutely, Sully. Nice to uh, have you on the show. Show the camera. Uh, are you going to switch on your camera? <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you don't have a, a cat filter on, Sully. Ah, can you see me? There we go. We can see you. Hi guys. How are you? Oh. Very good. How are you? Guys? Good to see you again. Hi. Very good. Um, Sully, Pumi and Pumi and I were just talking about you while we were waiting for you to join us. Um, oh God! Is it what you was loving that way? No, it was a good thing. No. It, we, were, we weren't okay. being we weren't being mean at all. We, in fact, Pumi was saying she read one of your columns the other day. Maybe we should start there because it's the State of the Nation address tonight. Um, okay, is the line okay on my side? Perfect. It's all good. Okay. We're, we're good to go. So let's start off with the the column you wrote, Pums. Do you want to go into what you wanted to ask straight up? It was very funny because he said, if, if we thought Richard Quest was bad with this analysis of South Africa, 2021 is going to be worse. Mm. I yes. used to love that view. We're, we're 20, oh, yeah. two months into 2021. Is it really that bad? <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, South Africa was in a way saved by COVID. You know, we didn't have to send one 
one of those big delegations in this, you know, colorful scarves to, to Davos because they go there every year. It's just, a, you know, an annual trip people look forward to, but they have no story to tell over the past few years. And now they forget that when they get there, people are going to ask them serious questions about, so what are, what story are you selling? Why do you want us to come and invest in your country? They had no answers to those things. And we saw it last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much what it is. And, and we don't have a better story this year than we, we would have had last year. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you referred to a good story to tell, which was always the, um, the ANC's tagline for a while. They came up with that as a way to explain that South Africa was moving forward, that there were things to be excited about, that we had a good story to tell. And now you're saying that the title of that should be No Story to Tell. And and I'm worried that the State of the Nation address tonight is going to be a bit of a no story to tell because the country's been on hold for a year. That's all there is that we can say about it, and that's something everybody already, right. already knows. We don't need to well, hear Well, the country has so. been on hold for a year, but actually for a lot longer than a year. We've yes. been waiting for the Tumamina and whatever, whatever, you know, poetry that the president came into office with to turn into something tangible, and it hasn't, you know. So we COVID-19 has come in as a, as a, as a, as a convenient excuse, as it were, to, to the president, to the ANC. They can all point all the fingers to it, but we know that our economy was already on its knees as we entered COVID-19. Soon after we went in, we were downgraded, not because of COVID-19, but because of our iniquities, as it were. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's get into this because Pumi, I, I just start smiling the minute anyone refers to something like Tumamina, and I know how you feel about those things. Um, <laughs> so let let's begin with the State of the Nation address, which is scheduled for tonight. At least, uh, as Sia mentioned earlier in the show, the cost of the the State of the Nation this year round is going to be about a hundred thousand rand. Usually, it costs well over two million rand just to put right. the whole thing together. We don't have to have all these MPs dressing up and trying to impress each other. Such a relief because sometimes it's just right. very embarrassing. Um, apparently, he's going to address fifty people or so in person. That's as many as we can accommodate into Parliament uh, with social distancing and all the rest of it. It's going to be very weird. Um, and we have had regular updates from the president, thanks to COVID. We've we've seen him once every couple of of weeks or months. Um, so I'm I'm just concerned about what exactly he is going to say or what he isn't going to say. But do you think anyone actually cares at this point? I, I, I don't mean to be extra salty this morning, but surely nobody gives a shit at this stage. Pums? I think uh, I think Ramaphosa is a very lucky president in that he's still seen by many people as the last hope. You know, they keep giving him a chance. He speaks well, he's not Zuma in his conduct and all that. And they think, no man, he really wants to do the right thing for South Africa. It's just the ANC, you know, they these people in around him were make, making it hard for him. He's a nice guy, you know. Let's vote for him again. Forgetting we voted for the ANC again. Do you? So, so, so people keep, keep giving him a chance. Sorry? People have buyer's remorse now with Cyril Ramaphosa. People gave him a chance and he's failed to deliver. He's failed to deliver at every single turn. Of course, he, he fails. Th- yeah. There have been no prosecutions. People thought he would come in, he'd stop the corruption. No, there's been no, no prosecutions. In fact, we saw more corruption. He has not shown leadership in any way. I mean, as a leader of South Africa in these times, he has missed many opportunities to do this. Stop it, it's enough. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's unacceptable. He doesn't do that. And, and He's guys, never done that, even when he could. 
I agree with both of you, obviously, but but there is also something else to this, which which is that the guy had enormous stores of political capital and of goodwill at the beginning of his term. We'd come out of a very sticky situation, and and Pumi and I have both been very careful not to assign all of the dirty and dark deeds of the last 10 years to Jacob Zuma, because they're not just on his plate. They're on all the ANC cadres' plates. Of course. But, But Cyril came in, and he could have done revolutionary things. He could have really caused massive ructions, because he had an enormous amount of support at the beginning right. i mean i'm not talking right. about by the thin margin that he won at uh, nazrek i'm talking about the general public and people would have supported him and he would have had thanks to covid now um, a lot of scope to really fire and hire and change things and restructure the anc and make it a machine that could adapt itself better to the the upcoming elections, to the upcoming political shenanigans that it's now dealing with internally and pretending everything's all right externally. But he wasted, he squandered all of that goodwill. And I think that's what people are annoyed about because he had such an enormous reserve and he just wasted it. Yeah, that's that's the most painful part of it. I think I'm not sure to what extent he appreciates the opportunities that he had. I mean, his brand name had been strong, as you, as you described, people believed it. I think there are still people who believe it, mm-hmm. in it. I think South Africans are now caught between the other ANC and the you know, sanitized ANC around Ramaphosa, but the fact is it's the same ANC. You know, uh, Ramaphosa maybe knows that. I don't know if he does. I don't. I think he appreciates that many South Africans beyond the ANC would have stood behind him. And he said to, to Mahachule, you can't bring that man, that woman, that woman to parliament as parliamentarians. They're supposed to be clearing their names in the courts of law first. You can't do that. Mm. But he hasn't done that. He, it's not even ACEs doing. I was, I was telling this to Gareth a couple of weeks ago, that there's a deployment committee within the ANC, and there yeah. is one member of that deployment committee. That one member is Cyril Matamela Ramaphosa. So he has, he, he's, he's got the power. He's got all of the power. But, if, if, you know, I'm just, I, yesterday I was complaining about that very bizarre uh, opinion piece that, that Jesse Duarte has got in the Daily Maverick. Yeah. I think I read it five times. And, and every time I read it, I, I kept thinking to myself, what is Jesse telling us? Is Jesse telling us that Cyril's ineptitude and reason for not doing anything, even though the entire South African population seems to want him to do something to root out the bad guys, as it were, is because he's part of this party and the party has decided that it is above what people, they actually represent what people want and what people want is what they want. And then either way, it's very bizarre. Pumi, first of all, Sarah Ramaphosa is not the only person in the deployment committee. The SG plays a big role in that. That's why the SG was able to deploy people to parliament. Cyril should have put his foot down. He didn't. So it's not just one person who plays it. It's very important to know that. Yeah, but, 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 Cyril, but Cyril is, as Pumi says, on some of those committees, Yeah, but Cyril has not been one. a strong leader. He has not shown no. backbone, and that's a problem. He's the in the ANC, at least he's supposed to be, but he hasn't, no. right? And I think now these these other people, the Jesse Duartes of this world, the Mahashules, and everybody else who is now navigating and coalescing around Zuma, they've seen that this man is weak. They can play him, and they are playing him. The, the, this is a painful thing about it for me and Cliff, is that they do it in public. I mean, you will remember the many times when Cyril would stand up and say one thing, the next day uh, Mahashule would stand up and say a totally 
different yeah. thing. You know, they, they well, don't respect him. And Sully, I don't know if you, you appreciate that these people do not respect him. Sully, you just brought someone <laughs> up, and I, I mentioned him in my uh, rambling question just before. But Jacob Zuma is still very much in the political picture. And yeah. this, this meeting that he had with Julius over the weekend sparked a lot of uh, conversation around him. Now, he was by no means good for the country. I don't want anyone to misinterpret what I'm about to say, but you know how people are. They like a headline. They don't like to, to get into the nuance of it. Now, you've just indicated something that makes probably the greatest distinction, the greatest contrast between Jacob Zuma and Cyril Ramaphosa. You can fault Zuma for a lot of things, but he did have the ability to make the ANC come to heel. He knew, we all knew he was in charge of the ANC when he was president. And we also knew that he could get his will implemented fairly quickly, whether it was for good or for bad, and mostly it was for the latter. But if Zuma said something, it happened. And that was leadership. This idea of being this conciliatory um, negotiator, which, you know, that's been Cyril's moniker for most of his career. I don't know that that's helped because the ANC doesn't respond well to that kind of leadership. What the ANC responds well to is someone putting their foot down and saying, you will. And then everybody falls in line. Yeah, Mandela did it. Even Tabomeki did it. Absolutely. Uh, as you say, Zuma did it. It's a pity that he only did it for the wrong reasons, not, mm. you know, but they all did it. So you have to do it. The thing is, when you are president of South Africa under the current, you know, system, you're also president of the ANC. Actually, you are president of the ANC first because the ANC considers that it, it has deployed you to become president. So that's why they can pull you back whenever they want to. So every president in the current system, has to wake up one day with every day thinking, am I wearing my South African hat or am I wearing my ANC hat? Mm. But now we have a president who's constantly having to look over his shoulder. Even when, he's, when he delivers a sonar to the 50 people tonight, he'll be looking over his shoulder because he, does, he doesn't mm. know what Mahashuri is going to say tomorrow. These guys, the more threatened they are by the prospects of arrest, the more dangerous they're going to be to South Africa and to the ANC. But you know what? I think that the rest of us should be more concerned about the ANC. I'm tired of looking at South Africa from the perspective of the ANC. In the, in the South Africa must must come first. Whatever happens in the ANC, actually the ANC should leave power somehow. Mm. And so out. Maybe it needs to walk the wilderness a little bit. And so out mm. its problems. Maybe find its soul again. Because right now it's, yeah, it's it can't govern this that's country. That's the same. What it, what it, Sorry, what I, I don't mean to be you rude, but you, you're you're speaking like those people who pray for Cyril. You know. That's, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't pray for Cyril. No, no, I'm just disappointed. I'm really disappointed. I just, I just want to hear what what Pumi was going to say to you before I interrupted. Even as you say that we we don't want, we're tired of looking at the country through the gaze of the ANC. The reality is that all of the other structures are not working. So right now, I'm extremely fascinated to see this Jacob Zuma thing play out, right? Because truly, at this point, the person that needs to step up is we we now know he's defied a court order which is against the law the man must get arrested this has nothing to do with the anc there's an entire structure he must get arrested he must be you know what i'm saying people have been outed people have been outed at the zondo commission we know that the commission is not a court it's simply an airing out of Evidently, the ANC's dirty laundry, hmm. but it is—it's the NPA and Shamila Badoi, whose job it now is to take all of this evidence that is put in front of the commission, and 
put it into a court case and trial people. The police must arrest people. The, the courts must do their job. It hasn't. That has nothing to do with the ANC. But for whatever well, reason, all of these people are not doing their jobs because they are waiting for the ANC to say something or do something. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But Pumi, for too many years, over 10 years or so of, of uh, the ANC under Zuma or the Diplomat Committee that we're referring to put people in all those structures whose job it is to second guess the, 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 the chief, you know. So so we might have Ramaphosa in power, but a lot of those bad guys are still in the NPA, they're in the police. I mean, the police report to then the Hawks, the report to, to Kele. Kele is not one who will push for justice against his comrade. I don't trust this man, okay? Mm -hmm. The NPA has to work with the Hawks, with the SAPS. I, I don't know. Samina Bauto is quiet now. She's, she's, not, she's not doing anything. Has she done anything? <laughs> this this woman is is probably the biggest disappointment. You know, you can you can have your issues with Busi Siwem Kwebane, but at least she has done something. She's done some stupid and awful and useless things. But Shamila Batoy, show me something that this woman has done in the years and the months nothing, that we've been paying nothing. her. Nothing. Zero. I will remind you, you and Kenford telling me when I said Shamila is going to be a lame duck. I will remind you of you guys saying, give her a chance. No, you're right. She hasn't been. No, yeah, yeah we like, give, give Sir Ramaphosa a chance. Give everybody a Never. chance. We're a country that no, gives people a chance. And they go on and on and on, adding delivering to the people of South Africa. I think Shamila needs to act. Look at all the stuff that's come out of the commission. Even... Deputy Justice Zondo stood up one day and said, but you know, the NPA doesn't have to wait for us to finish. They can use the, the evidence coming out of here to go after people. Have they gone after anybody? No, oh, it's all the little guys. You know, maybe, they need to, maybe they need what to we need really, to do, really maybe what we need to do is threaten Shamila Batoy with arrest for, for inaction <laughs> in office and maybe something will happen. I think the big, one of, maybe one of the biggest, the biggest problems is that these people are, are, are appointed by the same politicians who must who must uh, be held who, to account? Who end up being the ones in trouble. I mean, like, I don't know what was said to Shamila Batoy. You know, they could have played the line. You know, you know, you don't go after this one and this one because it might create instability in the country. And maybe she's playing that. Line. I don't know. I'm speculating. But the fact is, we need to create more independence mm -hmm. in these structures so that they are not beholden to any political player. Because people could go rogue. I could come in as president tomorrow being a nice guy and then I start going rogue on South Africa. If I appointed people, my own people in these key yeah. structures, they're going to play my game. Pums, what do you, what do you reckon if is... If you got a job and came to work every day for a thousand days and had nothing to show for it, I Sad. guarantee you, you'd be, you'd be fired, fired from yeah. I would job. fire you if you wait for me. Get out of here. Show me something. But in South Africa, you don't. Here we are. Here we are as, as the South African population, as the voting population, not voting people out of their jobs, which then we've got elections coming up. I know it's only local elections. I, I'm interested to know, Sonny, what you, who you would put your money on. Mashaba, Musi's independence, um, the DA, the EFF, or the ANC? Oh, definitely not the ANC, and definitely not the EFF. And let's ask, let's 
just assume first that we will have elections. I Something tells me that the ANC and the EFF yeah. are in cahoots together to make sure that elections don't happen this year. For all the reasons we know, they know that they are, their popularity ratings are not good right now. And the ANC does, has not forgotten the kick in the butt that it got in, 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 in 2016, in 2006, mm, uh, yeah. 2016, that's right. Mm. So, so, so they trying, they're going to use COVID as an, exa- as, as an excuse to prevent other people from meeting. But, okay, if the elections happen, of course, I will. I will support people like my my money, Mashaba, people who are progressive, who are trying to do something different. I would. I will not forget uh, support anyone who's been sitting there enjoying their big salaries with their two people. We need new thinking in Parliament. And the way, the only way to change South Africa is to put voices in there that are going to 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 work for South Africa, not for for sales. And and we don't want racist parties in there. Whether we like it or not, South Africa is. Is, is and will always be a diverse country. All of us belong. Anyone who goes there to say South Africa is only for colors or for blacks or for whites, but doesn't belong to be in there. I'm sorry. It's never going to work. So does that take Mashaba out of the running? <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I really think what needs to happen is, you know, you know, the ANC came into power. People forget the ANC came into power thanks to the to the to the uh, organizational force of the United Democratic Front, the Estuar, it's no longer there. It was a formation of many, many different bodies. What South Africans need to do, they need to unite, okay, and take the ANC out. That's the only way they can take it out. Once with all these little parties, everybody, I mean, Mashaba is only contesting three, three municipalities in Houting, Tswani, uh, Ikuruleni, and, 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 and Johannesburg. It's not going to change much, but it, if he wins, that, that's good. But what you need is more people to come together. And people must stop thinking that you have to be president to change things. They yeah. un- need to unite and then take hey, the whole country I, away from the ANC. I'm Just stand, unite and I, agree on what needs to happen. I'm going to stand up for Pumi again. She always says we don't need to wait for the politicians. We can do these things ourselves and we can start to influence things in our own communities. And we have to, but it's hard and it requires huge amounts of time and effort and sure. hard work. Um, okay, yeah. before we get too much into the, the reads around this, Lucy wants to know, and I think this is a great Great question, because, Sully, you also pay a huge amount of attention to the economy. Any comments on, on Tito Mboweni's AG report of $240 million in irregular expenditure? I'm disappointed in Tito Mboweni. Tito Mboweni is the other person in the ANC that people thought, oh, maybe that one should be president. He's a nice guy. He's, he doesn't think like them. But actually, in more recent and months, he has become hardcore ANC just like everybody else. I mean, he's done. He's, he's shown the middle finger to South Africa many times. There's corruption. Something has to be done about these things. Is he going to be to play a role? I'm not sure. I think there's, there's a, there comes a time when they're too much into the system, they forget that they're there for South Africa. And they think they're there for the ANC to save their party. That, that's exactly what the GOP is doing in America. They think the GOP comes first. And that's wrong. The ANC doesn't come first. Tito Mbwene is doing the same thing. Please can, politics. I, please, can I read you Titombo in his tweet from last night? I, yes. I was gobsmacked. So many people are saying so many different things at the ANC, which is at every turn just uh, ridiculous. His tweet last night. Yes. At the core of all this, first, the majority, not all, of white South Africans seem to face seem at face value to still view black people as hewers of wood and drawers of water equal servants at the core of all at the core of all this is the question of race class gender and power the colonialism of a special type will take long resolve remember that the majority not all 
<laughs> white people thought themselves thought of themselves as the civilizing contingent into Africa. Emphasis is on not all. This guy is failing to put a handle on the economy. And what he's doing is he's distracting us by race baiting and class. No, but he is, he's also saying to those people who attended the tea party last week, uh, I'm not such a bad guy, you know, in case yeah. you guys take over next year, I could play with you. He's playing, he's, he's, he's trying, he's playing, exactly. At the core of the South Africa's problems is the ANC. It's not and crazy, I, it's the I ANC. I agree with Tracy. I think he was drunk tweeting. Probably. I mean, listen, that's just, that is obviously such a distraction. But do you think people still fall for that stuff, Sully and Pumi? Yeah, because well, unfortunately, this is, this is what worries well, you know, me. Look, there are people who will continue to fall for it. Look at all those people who still support, uh, you know, uh, all these, you know, implicated people, Zuma, Martin, and it. But I think that we mustn't underestimate South Africans. If we think, if you look at what happened in 2016, the ANC was kicked out of three big metros, all right? Mm-hmm. People do get hurt for And when they do get hurt for they will kick the ANC in the butt again. That's why the ANC and the EFF are happy to postpone the elections. It's not because of white people. It's because black people are saying, wait a minute, it's enough. Enough is enough. Okay. People will kick them out one by, little by little. And we need to keep an eye on the IEC. The IEC, I don't believe it's as independent as it should be. Okay. We mm. must watch the IEC. All the processes leading to elections, during elections, after the elections, South Africans mustn't blindly think that the IEC is not employed by the ANC, because it is. Yeah. How so do we- I do think that there are seismic shifts, though, in, in, the, in the political landscape of South Africa. And I think we're going to see the emergence of, of, of a new force mm-hmm. and a third way of doing something. The space is, is ripe for a political party that is centrist. So, you know, a, a Clinton-esque way of politics. So don't make enemies yeah. with anyone. Just bring everyone along for a better South Africa. There's, no, there's, I agree there's, with you. There's space. I totally agree with you, Pumi. The space is fertile and it's going to happen. Okay, there's no doubt about it. But, but people must remember that when you come in there, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for South Africa. Okay. okay. The minute you go in there thinking that you're going to save your political party, it's all about you, then you're not the right person. South Africa needs leadership. South Africa needs unity. There's too much pain in this country. Even COVID-19 restrictions, some of which have been really uh, unreasonable, have created, have killed lots of businesses. There, there have been opportunities for government to do things differently. It didn't. Okay. But, but, we, and there's too much... I don't know what's going on. There's too much foreign influence in, into the ANC. I don't know where. Maybe they're getting money from some some people. They're beholden to those people. I have no idea. But but what is what is fact for me is that the ANC no longer acts up for South Africa. What's good for the ANC is not good for South Africa, and what's good for South Africa right. is not good for the ANC. At, at the risk of us going around in circles here, I I do think that it's probably worth mentioning that most. The, the average South African is worse off at the moment than they have been for a very, very long time, uh, possibly yeah. even worse off than they were at the beginning of, of our democracy, which, which was a tough time, and especially economically for many people. Um, there are lots of people who've gained over the last while, and those people will be fine if they manage their money properly. But many South Africans are on the bones of their backsides because of COVID, yeah. because of, of mass unemployment, and now even more unemployment than ever before. Uh, the business... Right. 
community, if you can even call it that, is so fractured at the moment and, and so desperate and really clinging to life. Uh, corporate South Africa has never done anything to stand up for the, for the ordinary South African. Corporate South Africa has been in cahoots with government the whole time. Um, we know that they, they believe they've got like a special relationship and that ordinary old us, the employed or the, the, the small business owners, that they, we can really fend for ourselves. They're not particularly what's interested. That about, what's that about Netbank's uh, complicity? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, we've got, we've got all these commissions which, which get brushed aside because it's not as glamorous as the Zondo Commission. But we know that, that big business in this country has been involved in some of the, the much more nefarious, dodgy, and dangerous things that have been happening in South Africa. But what I want to get to is this. For ordinary South Africans, they've become more dependent on the state, not less dependent over the last while. And this is something that I'm more concerned about than whether or not people vote this way or that way. Sali and Pumi, what do you think about the fact that in some ways COVID has played directly into the ANC's playbook of crisis, opportunity, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste and make more South Africans, particularly young unemployed South Africans, depend on the state? as the only way for themselves to make a living. That's a problem. Yeah, of course, it has. It has, And the ANC just loves it. And they also love the fact that they can keep telling us, we can't gather, we can't gather because it's dangerous. Or maybe it's dangerous, but it's also working in their hands. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, I think the two, two, poverty is very dangerous for, for, for any democracy because you can just keep people little packets of food packets and they have no way else to get the food, so they rely on you uh, and they... they hopefully vote for you. But we've seen in KZN and a number of years ago when people said, you know what, uh, it's fine. I'm going to take the food parcels for the ANC, but I'm going to vote for the other guys. <laughs> so so <laughs> even that is possible. We, we, we hope more people will take the food parcels, but they'll know who brought them to the stage where they need food parcels to live. Although the double-edged sword, yeah, the double-edged yeah, sword yeah. for the ANC is that because of their ineptitude, mm. even though on the one hand people have become more dependent on the state, their ineptitude makes it difficult for them to deliver. And so that is what angers the mm. people because they are unable to deliver. If they, they were making people dependent on them and then were making sure that they get their 350 rand on time every time that they, because of those two things, that's the, the you know, the, the, double-edged sword that the ANC is in. Right. People are but getting I mean, angrier. People are getting angrier. And and what yeah. happens when people are angry, we see this in South Africa, and mm-hmm. when when economic strife also happens, there is much more of, of a rise in instability. There's much more of a rise in, in people taking to the streets, in people right. fighting. Again. We see this every single time. So that's the, the, the unfortunate place that the ANC mm-hmm. finds itself in. And what, you know, Solly, you say that they may push push out the elections and push out the elections. What the elections tend to do is they're like a pressure valve, right? Yeah. So people feel like they have an opportunity to say something, to right. do something, to change things. So right. it's a pressure right. valve that just opens up the pressure a little bit, right? And if so if they don't get the elections and they continue to be sliding down, we've got 30 million people in South Africa who live on less than 20 rand a day. Yeah. Those people are hungry and those people are angry. Bloody and right. they know exactly who to direct their anger at. So I Absolutely. don't think it's Well, you know, I like to say, and I don't like to, to say this, but I say this more and more, and more that if South Africa could be liberated from apartheid, apartheid, South Africa can be liberated from the ANC because the ANC is not 
It, does, it, it doesn't care about South, Africa, about South Africans anymore. It cares about itself. And as you say, everything you're saying, what we really need is a voice of credibility that's going to stand up and say, you don't have to be worried about the ANC making, using race as bait to, to keep people around him. We need a voice that can gather South Africa, as you said, a voice in the center, a voice that will be credible, that will attract people from across the country. Because when we are great, South Africans, when we do things together, we are great. And the potential that lies in us is massive. It just needs to, to be channeled in the right way, in a productive way. And in the absence of that voice, even the Titumbuenis of this world are coming, back, are coming to use the race. You can't keep blaming the white minority for the problems that the ANC uh, uh, is, 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 is responsible for over and over and over again. Yeah. It doesn't work. It's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's tiring. It's tiring and it's, and it's insulting. I mean, you know, a lot of people think that just because someone is poor that they don't understand. But a lot of poor people understand far more than everybody thinks. And it's this patronizing yeah. idea that politicians and that the intelligentsia seem to apply to poor people. Oh, we know better for you than you know for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I know people who are subsisting on tiny amounts of money a day and they are so good at managing themselves they know exactly how much they have to do where they have to go they budget incredibly like in ways that that rich people could never understand and they understand understand the value of work they understand the value of 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 of, uh, of the price of some, something which most people don't even think about when, they, when they're earning large amounts of money. And I don't think politicians completely understand how those people can turn on them on a, on a dime. And when they do, yeah. it gets very ugly very quickly. You know, the, uh, the kicker is you've got to do something. Yeah. People have got – it's an active process, this. It's not just in the voting. Yeah. It's in standing – to be voted for. It's in standing up and putting yourself in, in the space. And I think a, what, a, what happens to a lot of South Africans mm-hmm. is we kind of think that somebody else must do it. Somebody else must stand there. Somebody else right. must stand up to the right. politicians. There is nobody right. else. There is us. There yeah. is us to stand up. Because by not standing up, then we, we simply, all we have by default, the mm-hmm. terrible, the bad fruit wins. Simply True. by default, because they are the only people there standing for election. I just want to say also on a point that you raised earlier, both of you, I think the role that big business could play. You know, I think big business, of course, it does collude with government because they get a lot of you know tenders and business from from government. Mm. But they seem to underestimate the power they have of influence over government. I mean, they keep giving money to government through the solidarity fund and that sort of thing. They should be saying to government, we're happy to put money on the table. We have money to invest into the economy, but here are the conditions. If we don't do this first, we let's speak for South Africa. It's just worried about itself. It's not worried about where the country is going. It's happened before. It's happening now. And that's unfortunate. I think you're asking people who don't have any courage to have some courage. They don't. Most of them are feathering (laughs) their own nests. But also solidarity funds. Yeah. Yeah. All these funds. All these funds are just PR exercises. Correct. They they really are just PR exercises. Of course. Because all all that they've done, all these companies that stood up to say they're investing this amount of money, all that they did was they took whatever capital expenditure was already in in their hands. It's nothing new. A lot of things are just to look good in in the face of government. It it was not because they were doing it 
to assist government or to it's the capital expenditure that they had always allocated for those projects right. and they've just right. simply put them up to say well we're doing this project for the country and they are not right. Right. <laughs> those, right. all those funds are pr exercises both for the president and the companies but but, but the, 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 the the government knows that all the see what all the government wants is to show a spreadsheet of of pledges, you know, so and so has pledged so much. They're going to do this. Mm. That's what they. That's for them. That's the deliver. After every investment conference, they come back and say, "Ah, oh, you see, there's a lot of money that's been pledged, and it's exactly what we just described for me." But a lot of it will not be thrown into the market until they are sure it's. But those business people also have their own shareholders to to account to account to. They're not going to throw money because the NC says throw the money in there. They 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 have to be very careful. And also, the NC also, needs to create conditions. Aren't you in, aren't you a, a, a in dereliction of duty as a businessman or as a shareholder, as an owner of a business, if you allow the ANC to manage that money, surely that's, that that would show that you actually don't take your job terribly seriously. As a you know, as yeah, that, that's a very interesting point. I think that well, we don't know what happens behind the corridors of corporate world when when these things happen. That's why I think people are easy to pledge. But, but they don't re- to release the funds is a different thing. You can pledge and say, yeah, yeah, over the past the next two, three, four years, we want to do X, Y, Z. But to release those funds, you need to have a strong business case inside your own business to say, well, can we now or can we not? I think that a lot of people are holding on to money, but they're not going to put it into the market until they know that you know there's sufficient stability no, for them can, to see far ahead. You can't blame them. I mean, uh, to, to, no, to, trust, to trust this government. I would do the with, same. <laughs> yeah, to trust this government with your money is like yeah. uh, that's the stupidest thing you could do right now. Okay, so where, where to from here in terms of of, of how to re- restart the economy? Let's have some ideas because. Obviously, with lockdown easing off, and we seem to have hit our spike now, and you know, there's the promise of vaccines on the horizon, although that's been managed so badly already. Um, where do we start first, Sully? I know this is something you're very passionate about. The economy needs to be let loose. It needs to be. Right. It needs to be unbridled so that people can right. get out there. We have entrepreneurs. We have people who have a tremendous understanding of the street whether it's in townships or whether it's in boardrooms, and these people need to be allowed to do business. Government must get out of the way, or do you think it's much, much more complicated than that? Uh, it's real. Government has been promising some economic reforms. Those economic reforms have not happened. The investor world is waiting for those reforms to, 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 to be made. It hasn't. It doesn't even talk are you talking about, about, you talking about labor reforms? What kind of reforms are you talking about in particular? Uh, including the labor reform to make it easy for business businesses to operate, to unbridle, to to make it easy for in, uh, foreign investors to put money into the economy. The government has to do, to come up with those those reforms. It hasn't. But the biggest problem now is also the electricity supply. We know that it's, it's become clear that first of all. ESCOM needs to be unbundled. Okay, the president may has been making that, that those promises, but there are people within ANC who are not who are opposed to it. They think, ah, oh, if he does that, it means that he wants to sell part of part of ESCOM to his white friends, to his groupets and other people out there. That's so. Oh, the poor man is like, okay, I can't act now because I'm being accused of trying to give uh, these uh, state-owned enterprises to to white people. But but we need more uh, generation capacity in South Africa, and we need to allow as much space as possible 
for for the renewable energy guys suppliers to come into the into the into the market we know that the the, the, the latest integrated resources plan allows that makes room for that but there are also rumors that Guatemala is not making it easy for them to un- unlock it to make it happen because what the ANC wants to do is well if we're going to make that happen we must make sure that we have, we have enough comrades to benefit from whatever opportunities come out of that but there are people who've been waiting who are ready to ready to supply electricity through all sorts of renewable uh, sources but the ANC is not the ANC government is not in allowing that to happen and it's frustrating if you can't open a big smelter in South Africa if you're not sure that you're going to have the electricity you need to keep it running um, constantly for me what do you think sure. economy where do we start <sighs> You know, I think South Africans are incredible people. I think South African business entrepreneurs, South African entrepreneurs have incredible ideas. We just have to to throw off the shackles of fear. I think South Africans are still very afraid of the government because we have been brutalized by the government in the past. But I think now is the time to, to actually disregard the government and and do what you need to to create to create your own wealth to create a business around you oh you know we've got 25 million people that are unemployed yeah and if if we could get more small businesses that employ two or three people you know you you start to make a dent in that but the problem is most south africans are so compliant you want to you know you must register you must do this you must do that maybe what we need is we need to to kind of informalize and and have a throng of informalized businesses that don't rely on government you're not going to take the 30 days to register your company just do the job do right. the job do the work get your pay you know that's i think we we need to we need to stop being afraid of the government well, from from your your mouth to God's ears, but uh, unfortunately, you know they, they don't. They put so much red tape in the way that it becomes well nigh impossible to do this. And now, they're implementing all kinds of new restrictions, which make it even harder for people to first of all open up a business, second of all comply, third of all there are no tax breaks, uh, fourth of all the employment rules are so strict uh, that it that's makes, why we must find a way around them. Yeah, well, you mean just to break the law, basically? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't encourage people to break the law. What I would encourage people is to stand firm, to stand firm together and insist on those on those restrictive regulations, restrictions to be taken out. Uh, government needs to. There are many things that, if you look at the economy, the, the the tourism and broader hospitality sector, for instance, there are awesome people in those sectors who have been suggesting to government how things could be done without endangering people. But does, the government doesn't listen. I think the that takes government, too long. No, government has this Soviet era kind of way, or kind yeah. of way of thinking that is stifling. Business people, as we say, South Africans are entrepreneurial. They would like to get things done. There are awesome initiatives, awesome minds in here. People who have a little, a little money that could go far. But government says no, you can't do this. Why? Because uh, BE because, uh, rules say, what, or whatever. I will remind you of the taxi industry in this country that started out as an illegal and informal right. business, right. and they are currently the biggest, <laughs> the biggest operator of public transportation. And and you can't and and the government they must has pay to taxes. them to the table. Yeah, but they must pay their taxes. Do. But now they do, right? But they started out informal. They started sure. out illegal, and now they are a force to be reckoned with. And I think that's that's what I mean by saying we have to find ways to work around it and become a 
be, become a force that is for the government unignorable. The thing is, the minute we become a lawless country, we can't pull it back again. I mean, We're if you think it's a lawless country. I think I think I agree with Pumi, Sully. I really do. I mean, you know, we, we can't even we can't even prosecute people who who have appeared in front of the state yeah. capture commission, and we we have we have all the available evidence to be able to start arresting and, no, and processing no. these people. And we're not. You brought it up yourself. That's very sad. We are already a lawless country. So why comply yeah, with the law anymore? I would like to say, and I, again, you've got to tread very carefully here because this mm. this is. This kind of talk is uh, seditious in some circles. <laughs> but I, 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 think, I think we have a, a, a very useful tool at our disposal, which we need to find a way to wrangle better and to, and to turn into a weapon against government, and that is tax money. I mean, already, because of the mismanagement of the economy and COVID and everything associated with that, there is going to be a huge gap in the fiscus this year. I don't know how Tito Mboweni, whether he's drunk tweeting or blaming white people or whatever he's doing at the moment, I don't know how he's going to make the books balance because people are not going to, they're not going to need to lie about their taxes. Their taxes are going to have to be zero because they've made losses. Most businesses have gone out of business. Most people have, have yeah. found themselves with less money now than ever before. So it's, yeah. not, a, it's not about trying to be tax evasive or, or tax avoid, uh, you know, trying to avoid tax. This is going to be a reality that we all, all have to deal with. If you cannot yeah. pay your taxes because you don't have a business anymore, guess whose pocket that hits? Governments. The, the tax base has already shrunk. I mean, our economy today mm. is smaller than the economy of Pakistan. Pakistan? Pakistan. Yeah. Which? Okay. That's how much our economy has shrunk. So. Look, the, the, I totally agree. Look, the, the, the tax base has been shrinking over, over many years. For a combination of things. Of course, COVID-19 has added uh, to those uh, problems. A lot of people used to be happy to pay their taxes to government because they believed the money was being used for the right things. It was their way of giving back, of contributing to the development of, of post-apartheid uh, South Africa. But the minute people started realizing that, wait a minute, the money is not going where it's supposed to go. Or that the crooks linked to politicians are allowed to get away without the, paying their shares, because that's what happened under Tom Moyano, especially. Yes. People start saying, "Why should I give my hard-earned cash to a government that is run by thieves?" Correct. Or a government that doesn't treat all taxpayers in, in fact, the same if way. If you do give a government that is run by thieves your tax money, you're actually an accessory to the crime. Exactly. So people are saying, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. So people are, have been finding smart ways. Those who could take their money out of the country have done so. Those who could find smart ways to stay within the law but to pay as little as possible, they have also done so. Uh, but now over COVID-19, this kind of thing is absolutely true. Uh, people don't have the money to pay anymore. So it's going to get less and less. This is going to be worse than the year before. Well, Tito knows that as, he's not going as, to reduce his revenue collection targets. As Pumi says, let's make it let's make it even more difficult difficult for them. Why must we comply? Wherever you can, find ways to screw government. I, I think it should be on everyone's agenda at the moment. It should be a serious point we, of of interest. But, but the reality, though, is that just you know, out politicking each other on platforms like this and at dinner parties and yeah. over wine is not going to change a damn thing. We have to act. Yeah, <laughs> what are you laughing at, Garrett? We no, you're laugh. right. You're right. I'm not going to no, argue we, with you. We, we have... South Africa will never work 
if we don't work. So we have to work at it and we have to work for it. We can't just sit back and think that somebody else will do it. All right. It's you know, all our I must, I must say one thing quickly. You know, this conversation is a painful conversation because it's a conversation I never, ever thought I could ever have, have about South Africa. I never thought. I used to look at other countries and think, God, look at what's going on there. Mm. And we're having those conversations here mm. about the Republic of South Africa. It's really painful. I want to quickly go to some comments. Tracy makes a good point, and let's just remember that there are sometimes moments to pause and take in our history. And maybe this is a, a, a glimmer of hope for some of us. But today was the day 31 years ago that Nelson Mandela walked out of Victor Fester prison. And Tracy says she remembers it like yesterday, 31 years ago. Andre wow. says the ANC was already corrupt under Mandela's leadership, but just at a smaller scale. I think governments all over the world are corrupt, but it does depend on scale. And we've certainly not got better. We've, we've got worse. Baldwin says, a handful of people that I know who applied for food parcels from the beginning of lockdown haven't even got a single tin of fish. But we do see the not-for-sale items in spaza shops. Mm. Yeah, good point, Baldwin. Uh, then Andre says, the gullibility of the poor is the same. Uh, it earns them – sorry – the gullibility of the poor earns them their right to poverty. I think that's very, very cruel. That's, that's um, nonsense. Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that. In fact, I know I don't agree with that. Um, a lot of people saying, Pumi, I pray you're right. And Tracy says, Tito was obviously drunk tweeting, which we've covered. Raleigh says, who controls the flow of information gathered by Jay-Z's and speci- uh, special investigators? Well, this is a thing that you, you Pums, have been paying ca- careful attention to the Zondo Commission. And I know that there have been a number of things rele- revealed and released in the last couple of weeks, which, as Sully has said, is the ANC di- airing its dirty laundry. Is there anything noteworthy that we need to be especially aware of coming out of the Zonda Commission? Well, I mean, the, the most recent revelations about the, the shenanigans in the, in the state security agency are really, yeah, really worrisome. And I, 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 obviously we've seen the attempts by the minister and others to try and, you know, uh, uh, control the extent of the revelations in there, but we know enough already. Actually, some of us have known these things have been happening. Here in Cape Town, I won't mention names. There's a, there's a BMW, um, uh, you know, say, a company that sells cars. Mm. That information that we know is that it was purchased by the state security agency. And the reason for buying that, that dealership is a dealership was so that the, the spies don't need to drive the same car every day. So that so whoever so they bought they bought into the dealership, it's still there. You are joking. I mean, it's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. It's, I mean, a lot of our money has been used to I mean Zuma was paid up at some point two hundred uh, uh, it, it, um two point five million rents wow. every month. I well, mean, what did he do with that money? When you even bring up numbers in Zuma, I start to laugh because uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he even knows so, that much. So, so I think, you know what, I really would have wanted the state the, the and we interviewed in our Solien Khauta uh, uh, episode not long ago, Tulima Donsela and asked mm-hmm. him, would you have in hindsight, would you have maybe ordered that the, the money be put into the NPA and not into the into a commission that's just really a comedy, a, a, you know, a soap opera. Well, and, and she said, well, you, she said, well, you know, in those days, the, the NPA was so compromised, it would not have worked. And the thing is, also, the commission, as it is, as we see it now, the, its mandate has been 
broadened way beyond what she wanted it to be to focus on state capture. But now it's everything that went wrong, which is fine. But the problem is that it's taking longer and we're all just being entertained. We're also uh, becoming blasé in the process. The NPA is still compromised, I hate to say. so. Of course it is. She was right then and she will be right going forward. All right. Everything every, everything that's CADA inflicted is compromised. For Correct. Sure. All right, so uh, final thoughts from you, Sully, because Pumi and I get to do this every week. We, we're very pleased that you managed to make it today. But is there anything you want to leave us with before you go? Look, I just hope that uh, something happens, some, that centrist party happens or information. <laughs> I hope that South Africans wake up to the, to, the, to the madness of race being thrown at us as the problem that, that is at the core of, of our country. Race is not at the core of our country. People must wake up. We know that the only other time when South Africa was not governed by the ANC, it was a painful place for black people, but it, South Africa can still not be governed by the ANC and be a good place for South Africa and for all of us. We need uh, to wake up. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. I mean, I, I hope we can move past that because that stuff is really holding many of us back. And it's, it's yeah. doing nothing to help with social cohesion or anything of that night, uh, of that exactly. like. Pums, any final words from you? We can do it, guys. We have 60 million amazing brains in this country and we're not going to be held ransom by 400 terrible people. I love it. All right. That makes I me agree. feel better. Okay. Yeah. Thank very, you, very guys. Nice. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. Nice to have you on. The Burning Platform is brought okay. to you every week by Nando's, and you can find the podcast on cliffcentral.com.